Welcome back to the 865 Elite Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Saha. On today's episode, we have head men's basketball coach from Maryville College, Coach Placeres. This is a great episode talking about the youth organizations and what to look for in a coach. Coach P, how are you? Doing well, Ryan. Doing well. That's good. Hey, so you guys are starting practice next week. What are some of the expectations you have for the players over the first two weeks? Man, just, uh, you know, taking each day with, with great importance, um, you know, at the collegiate level, especially at our level in Division Three. you know, we, we have from October 15th to the start of the season, which is November 9th for us. So, you know, you're talking about roughly anywhere between 18 to 20 practices um, and sprinkle in a, uh, you know, a scrimmage in there. So, you know, um, you know, 20 practices to get ready for a season, you know, so you, you got to take advantage um, of each and every practice um, with your reps, um, not just physically, but mentally um, in the film room as well. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you you have to take advantage of the day um, and, and be be attentive. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time, you know, you have an opportunity when we run through plays or run through stuff to see it one, two, three times, depending on what group you're in, right? So there's no excuse of not, you know, learning at, at a at a quick rate because you're going to have to do that if you're a college basketball player. You talked about the learning. How do you go about teaching, um, you know, the new kids that you have? Do you do more 5 on 0 stuff or do you break it down into two on two three on three and then build to the five on five yeah so for instance our, our first practice on uh, next saturday you know we have nine returning players and, and we have 10 new players nine freshmen and a transfer so you know most more than half of our team is is new i start from the beginning i, I don't try to skip any steps i think that's where you make a big mistake as a coach um, taking for granted that they may know things or, you know, um, so we take it from, from square one and we build, we build, you know, consistently. We start with our habits of, of work, which leads to our habits and how we play. Um, and we go over that every single day. Um, there's not a day that we're not working on individual skill work or we're not working on our habits of movement or habits um, individually that, that, that are things that we do within our offense or defense. <laughs> So the daily um, habits that you guys have, like what are some of the non-negotiables for you in your practice plan that you know you're going to hit every day? Um, you know, we're, we're a gap defensive team. So there's no doubt at least 25 to 30 to 35 minutes of our practice is dedicated to our defense and being in proper positioning, right? Um, knowing the ins and outs of our defense and what we're asking our guys to do. Um, from an offensive standpoint, you know, we're, we're straight, we're, we're striving to hit as many stationary threes as possible. So we're working on a lot of catch and shoot shots. Um, we're also working on getting to the basket and touching the paint as much as possible. Um, so, you know, so encouraging our guys um, on their catches to have proper footwork. Um, so if they don't have the shot, they can attack the goal and, and create for others. And, um, you know, obviously being unselfish, you know, we, we try to pride ourselves in that Um by the way we play, we play an up-tempo style. We average over 80 points a game. And, and on the defensive side, we, we hold teams below 70. So um, it's not prioritizing one area of the game more than the other. Um, 
It's just um, making sure that you're consistent um, with your habits. Are there daily things that you do every day? Um, I know you talked about the catch and shoot. Do you have the guys right when they get into the gym, they have to, you know, do form shooting and they hit a certain number threes? Yeah, so we have, yeah, that's crazy you say that because that's, you know, our first meeting of the year before we get going on Saturday, that's what we talk about, right? There's partner shooting. So everyone is in the gym, you know, um, practice jersey on, right? Tucked in to start practice. Um, I've kind of changed as I get older. This is my 17th year in coaching. Um, as long as they have their shirt tail tucked in to start practice, I'm good. If it, if it goes out in between practice, I'm okay with that. But, you know, just we have a structure on how we do things, but we start with partner shooting for 15 minutes. Depending on your position, there's a, you know, just a simple 15 minute workout that we have. And we do that every single day. We don't take that for granted. I think that's one of the things um, as I get older, you know, it's hard to, to, to put free throws, you know, it's such an important part of the game right but it's hard to incorporate it during the flow of a practice right so we use those first 15 minutes a day to incorporate practices at the start of practice um you know and guys obviously have to do that on their own as well but um i like to to, to shoot free throws every day in practice so that's part of their 15 minute workout but um you know there's structure every single day there's a plan every single day in, in everything that we do and, and it starts with the the partner shooting in practice do you think having that partner shooting and the structure of practice, does that help all those new kids that you have, you know, in terms of what you expect, knowing that every single day you're going to be doing that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, even at our level, and the reason we've been as successful as we've been as a program for such a long time is the fact that we're getting players in here who are scholarship level type players, but that doesn't mean that they're, immediately ready to play the college game. One of the things I think that freshmen struggle with is the understanding of consistent competitive spirit each and every day in practice, right? Um, and in order to gain minutes, earn minutes, um, keep your minutes, um, defense is, is the number one priority for a young player. Um, you know, most of the time in high school, when do high school guys take breaks? On the defensive end of the floor. You can't do that in college because um, you'll be exposed really quickly um, and, and just learning how to compete um, what I say in four to six minute you know um, periods like the, this thing of playing the whole game there's very few players at any level that play the whole game now it's it's about managing and giving your very best in four to six minute bursts right so they have to understand um, they have to be productive when the opportunity is given. So training that mindset early on is really important. And, and we try to do it with, with uh, creating as much structure as possible with the players. So with those four to six minutes, have you seen that decline more um, now that you've been in a long time? Like I remember reading your tweets this summer about just you watching high school games and it just seems like the competitiveness has kind of dipped a little bit. Yeah. I, I think we have put so much of an emphasis on play, 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 play. Right. And we're playing so much that, that we're skipping a lot of steps. Um, I, I would like to, to kind of bring that back a little bit and let's focus on the fundamentals of the game and let's, you know, let's, teach these young players the importance of defense. You go to a lot of showcases, 
you got to you go to a lot of high school, you know, fall leagues, and the guys are not are, are not defending, you know, and, and it's not at the college level. I I believe so. I, I think it's not what you can do offensively. It's about who you can guard, right? And and, and if you can't guard, you can't play. Um, and you know, to to me, that's that's an. I wish we would put a little bit more emphasis in these leagues and the showcases of, of really getting down and defending because there is minutes and there is a role for guys like that on a basketball team. And that's what I try to find in recruiting. Um, three things, man, you know, are the kids, do kids have a competitive spirit about themselves? Um, are they a great teammate? And when the opportunity is given, um, are they being productive? You know, there's a lot of guys that just, they think points is just a, the only thing that matters to me, it's how you're getting those points and how do those points translate to that individual program um, and, and the culture of how they do things. You just brought up a great point about how they're getting points. It seems like today there's so much emphasis on being ball dominant and, you know, like all the skilled people are teaching moves with four or five dribbles and catching and shooting hasn't been, you know, it's not like a sexy thing anymore, but when you get to college, like you talked about, you got to, the defense gets better and now you're going to be able to have to catch and shoot. Yeah. You know, and you played at the highest level, right? Like, and you played with and against some really talented guys, like, you know, dang well, like a guy who's dribbling four or five times within a possession, the ball is sticking. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so you know, you've got to be able to be productive with two to three dribbles. Um, you you got to have what we call protection plans. When somebody cuts you off, what's next, right? What's that counter to? And it just necessarily doesn't mean it's for you to, to attack the score, but it may be for you to create for someone else. Um, so so I, I think, you know, working on those things daily makes your offense better because the flow will be better. And, and by no means are we perfect. And that's one thing that we have to get better at um, going into this year. But, uh, you know, you become what you emphasize as a coach. Right. And, and, and I think that's really important in practice. Um, our teams um, will will mirror what we emphasize on a daily basis um, in our practices, in the film room, you know, in our individual workouts with our guys. You know, do you put more emphasis even in the offseason on these workouts on defense, especially with all the newcomers you have coming in? Yeah, I think early on we'll spend a lot more time on the defensive end in our practices just because we have so many young guys. Um, I think traditionally we've been really good early on. You know, we're better defensively. I think offense catches on right as you go. Um, but you got to develop that, that defensive identity first. Um, before you can move on um, offensively. But, you know, to the point, I think the first question you asked me, what are the things you do? I think small-sided games help with that. You know, the two-on-twos, the three-on-threes, the four-on-fours, to build to the five-on-five. We're going to do a better job of that in our program this year. We did it some last year. We'll do it even more this year. I think it gives the players um, a better feel and a better understanding of where they need to be at from a spacing perspective. And what are the looks that they need, be, need to be looking at um, once they're put in those situations? With recruiting, can you tell real quickly when kids get on campus if they've been coached? You know, so if, like, you know, you have kids from Webb, and to me, Ricky Norris is one of the best coaches in the state. Like, can you tell the difference from getting those kids 
that know the game from spacing that they've been coached and the kids that haven't? Yeah, you're giving Ricky a lot of credit. You know, he's one of my better friends, but um, no, but you're, you're right. I, I think he is one of the better coaches in, in our state, um, you know, regardless of level, right? Like I, I think Ricky could coach at the highest level at, at the collegiate game. I think that's how talented he is as a coach, but, you yeah. know, he works at it um, and he does. He, he puts a lot of emphasis on, on fundamentals and daily work for his kids. So, yeah, you see a difference. And as a coach, when you recruit, you try to recruit from programs um, that guys do things the right way, right? Um, whether it's from a defensive standpoint, whether it's an offensive um, system, right? Um, that's one thing that I've tried to stay away from is, is recruit players that only play zone in high school, right? Like it's going to take that kid um, a little bit of time if they, once they get on a college campus to really learn how to play man-to-man defense if he hasn't done it for four years, right? Yeah. So, so I think style of how, where a kid plays, who he's playing for is pivotal in the recruiting process. Um, you know, um, me personally, I like to recruit kids that come from winning programs. Um, they, they know that there's an established culture um, when you come from a, from a winning program. So um, yeah, little things like that really, really do matter in recruiting. And when they come, you can definitely see that um, once you ask them questions when they're on their visit, and especially once they're on campus, you can see the difference in growth from, from player to player. So with that recruiting process, how do you dig in to find out, like, um, if they will fit your culture? Man, I, you know, I, I know this sounds really silly, but, I, I, you know, I, when I go, I, I try to pay attention to how the young man treats his mother and father. Or, or whoever that, that, that adult guardian is, right? Like, you know, how he treats that person is really important because if they treat him with disrespect, like, you know, they're gonna treat you with disrespect, believe it or not. Um, so I start there, you know, I, I, I try to see how a, a young man deals with adversity. Um, I, I say something really crazy sometimes to the recruits. I say, man, I really hope you have your worst game when I watch you play, because that is gonna tell me a lot about yourself. It's really easy to be, you know, the best leader and the best guy when everything is going your way. But how do you act when you get those first two fouls in the first quarter and you got a coach who, who, who sits you down for the entire half, right? Do you stay engaged? Are you a good teammate? Or do you, you know, lounge back in your chair and are disengaged? Um, you know, do you run off the floor or walk off the floor when your coach is trying to get you out of the game or get your attention, you know? Um, you know, are you only, do you only get excited when you score? Um, or you're the type of guy who gets upset when, when somebody scores on you defensively, right? So I look at, you know, at a lot of different things when I'm at an event or I'm watching a high school game that has nothing to do with how many points you're putting up or how many rebounds you have. I'm looking for the attributes that lead to winning within my program, and, and that's what I really focus on. I really liked um... – Dustin Kearns from App State was on and he was talking about how he will call opposing coaches in that league similar to what you were just talking about to really find out about the kid and he'll ask about when they play bad how are they as a teammate you know and like on the court do they keep playing defensively and I thought yeah, that was I, really good yeah I think you have to do your due diligence regardless it doesn't matter what level it is um, you have to do your due diligence in regards to that kid, right? Not just go on 
what the high school, his own personal high school coach says, you know, in today's era, they have trainers, right? Every kid for sometimes has a trainer and, um, and has an AAU coach. And yeah, you know, I've, I've talked to area coaches when we recruit guys, you know, Hey, how does he act? Right. Like, how does he act when I'm not in the gym? Um, how does he act when his, his, you know, he's around his teammates, like, you know, those things matter because, um, they're not little things. They are the big things that make or break a program um, and make or break your culture. So uh, you do you do as a coach have to do your job in, in regards to, to to digging and seeing what each kid is really about. Yeah. So uh, to pivot on this, we both have kids that play different sports. What what do you see from the youth soccer organizations that you wish you saw in youth basketball? Um, I, I love how soccer, my daughter plays pretty high level soccer um, here in this area. And, and one of the things that I see different from basketball is like, you know, they go from like seven V seven to then nine V nine to then playing with all 11 players on the floor. I truly wish that in our, you know, in our, parks and rec leagues in our, you know, community leagues at a young age, the kids would play more like three on three, right? So they understand spacing and what's the importance of spacing and for them to create, you know, individual habits of how to get to the basket, you know, how to come to a jump stop and make the right pass when the defender comes over and helps, right? You don't see that a lot on an early age in our game right now, because, you know, it's really easy to just say, Hey, sit in a two, three zone, sit there, put your hands up, you know, at five, six, seven years old, you know, kids can barely hit layups. Yeah. And now you're asking them to shoot 15, 20 feet away from the rim. And all they're doing is for the most part, not saying there's not kids out there that shoot the ball properly, but you're just creating bad habits because they're chucking and pushing the ball, right. And shooting across their body. And um, it, it creates a lot more deficiencies than it's creating things that, that can, um, help them in their game so I just wish they would start you know just simple stages of working up to that five on five setting yeah um, as they get older so soccer I've, I've always been interested in um so USA soccer runs all those you know leagues and it seems like soccer for the most part has really high level coaches in the club world because they have to get certified as they go along. Like, have you found that as a parent that you're yeah, seeing the difference? Yeah, I, I've been lucky enough. My, my daughter's coach, who, you know, she started with when she was five, yeah, six. Um, obviously, she played Division One soccer. All of her children have played Division One soccer. Um, you know, she, you know, she has been coaching for twenty plus years, but but they are you know, they're instructed to have to pass certain licensing. And, and depending on that license, it depends the, the age and group that you can coach, right? So there's incentive to that, right? Into the program, like the, the higher license I get, the more I'm able to be able to coach higher level players, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that's a great thing that, you know, soccer has is that it's just not some bogus license, right? Hey, go on this, do this module, you know? And you just fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. And then here you go. You got a license, right? Yeah. Like you have to go to a seminar. You have to be on the field and teach a, you know, teach a specific skill. I'm in front of the other coaches. Like, you know, I, I wish we would really go that route with basketball. Yeah. I, 
I think it's so important too is to really find out for like the youth, you know, stuff right right now is if they know what they're doing because it seems like there's a big jump between seniors and freshmen in terms of the knowledge of the game and being able to play off the ball. No question. No question. You know, and that's why it's so valuable. Sometimes, you know, as you get, as you're growing into the game, it's not about, you know, the program, if it's a shoe program or if it's not a shoe program or things of that nature, it's about searching quality coaching. To me, that's what it's about at a young age. So, you know, we got so many parents in today's world that get so hung up on, you know, I'm playing for this club or this AAU program, you know, like, are you being coached, right? Are you being developed? Um, that's the key. Like, it's not about, you know, to be quite frankly, and you, again, you played at the highest level, like, man, like in ninth, you could probably start to be, you know, evaluated at a high level if you're a really good player in the summer of ninth grade going into your 10th grade year, right? That's when it really gets serious. But before then, there's no need to be traveling all over the country and things of that nature, you know? Like, it's about finding coaches that develop you and make you a better player and person, right? I think that's that's an element that we always forget. But the person, um, that, that's really, really important. Yeah, I, and, like, you, you hit on it, too. It seems like a lot of – when people get to the spring, they think they got to play in 12 to 14 tournaments – and they're just kind of caught up in like all, you know, like the Twitter videos and Instagram videos. And I think it's okay to, you know, play in eight or nine, you know, good events, but then practice and learn how to play, you know, without having, without really being overcoached in the spring, you know, like being able to, this is what you do during practice. And on the fly, these kids are learning how to play and, you know, fight through situations. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe there is, um, I wish there was kind of like a, a curriculum to follow, right? Like, hey, this is the basketball curriculum for ages eight to 12 years old. These are the things you should be teaching from eight to 12 years old and, and people um, and coaches following that. Right. And then at 13 to 15, this is where you need to, these are the things and elements that you need to fully understand before you start high school ball. And if you created a curriculum and followed a curriculum, I think um, kids would be better prepared, but you know, um, people are so worried about going 45 and two at 11 years old, you know, that at the end of the day, with all due respect, nobody truly remembers that once you're a high school basketball player, right? Like, yeah. um, but, but we're so concerned with, with those things that, you know, the big, to me, the big emphasis in young kids should be about development and surrounding them around positive people that are good role models so they can continue to learn the game and love the game. That's one thing. Love the game. Yeah. You get a, you get a couple of bad coaches early on in your young, you know, adult, you know, young adulthood and, and you may quit. <laughs> and yeah. so it's important to find those the, the right mentors and the right coaches so they can continue to 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 extract the most out of you, but also continuing to push the love of the game. As a parent, how did you go about finding that, um, you know, for soccer? I mean, obviously, you guys are in a great program with FC Alliance, but how how were you able to navigate that to really find out 
if that coach is kind of like what you want, like helping on and off, you know, the soccer yeah, field. Just, yeah, you, you know, no different, you know, for me as a coach, I, I was, I was recruiting from my daughter and who can be a positive influence in her life. And we found a remarkable person, um, you know, she's a nuclear physicist, by the way, um, you know, uh, her daughter is actually going to Western Kentucky, her oldest daughter. She plays at Bearden, which is the number one rated soccer team in the country. Right. And, uh, She's, she, you know, Dr. Elaine Roth, like she, she's been fantastic, man, in, in, in the development of my daughter. Um, but, but I just did our homework, you know, and men, who are the better coaches in six and seven years old? And her name kept coming up. Well, where does she coach? Right. And it all, in our case, it all worked out. Um, and she's been fantastic in that. And, you know, now my daughter play, you know, she's, she's moved on. So now they have a new coach and um, playing ECNL soccer, but um for the most part, I think soccer has it, you know, has it ever figured out 100%? No, but I think they're a little bit further ahead in, in youth sports than most, you know, basketball um, programs. Yeah, no doubt. When, you, when you're going out recruiting, what are certain characteristics that you like, you're, you know, that are the non-negotiables for you that you have to have? to wear the Scots jersey? Um, you got to be respectful of your parents. You got to be respectful of authority. Um, you got to have a love and a passion for the game. Um, um, I got to see that you, you know, you understand the, the importance of being held accountable. Um, and, and again, that, that you're there, you are, that you are competitive by, by nature. I, I like, you know, people who compete, people who are passionate, you can really extract a lot from them um, if they're that way. So, you know, being competitive, being passionate um, and, and being a loving person, man, you know, being respectful and, and uh, you know, pulling others along, you know. Um, so, you know, those are the things that, that, you know, that I love to have in my players. Yeah. When you're in practice or, you know, when you go to watch these practices when you're recruiting, do you like to see, you know, situations in practice where a coach is drawing something up on a dry race board and they have to go execute it? Or do you just like a more scrimmage setting? Um, I think a little bit of both doesn't doesn't hurt when you're there, right? Yeah. Understanding if a young man is paying attention out of a timeout, right? Um, you know, how engaged is he um, during timeouts? You know, that, that's why I either try to, sit across the bench or right behind the bench when I'm really interested in a recruit because I want to truly know what he is about. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, and, and at our level, man, like with, you know, everyone is not, you know, the big times are the big times. Everybody has, you know, limits, right. From, from budget perspectives and, you know, some for me at our level, like when I go watch a kid play, um, you know, I mean, that may be the only time I watch him play. So I, I have to be there intently and paying attention to everything. And, and that's another thing I tell young coaches, you go to a lot of events and you see your buddies and all that, and you spend more time talking than you do evaluating, right? Um, you're there to work, you know, you're there to figure out, you know, which, which one of these young, next young men is going to be able to, to help your program. So um, you got to take advantage of your time and you got to be there with a purpose when you're recruiting. Yeah, no doubt. It, it's, it was always interesting. I remember Coach Beheim told me when I first got to Lipscomb 
is that exact thing is when you go on these in July, like don't go out there trying to network. Like you have a job to do because the people you're networking with, like aren't going to be the ones that give you your first break. It's going to be the people that are actually paying attention. Right. Totally agree. So, well, coach, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Brother, my pleasure. Appreciate you having me on. You know, anytime you can talk hoops, it's, uh, it's always a great day. So I appreciate you. Uh, thank you again.